All right, let's go. What is up, everyone? This is Uncut Gems Podcast, episode number two, and my name is Jakob. Oh, I'm Carson. I'm Jack. So, hi. Um, last week, we have talked about Mission to Mars, directed by Brian De Palma, and then we've also talked on Red Planet, and this week, um, we are going to be tackling Assassination Nation, which is written and directed by Sam Levinson. However, before we, before we get into this, I thought it would be a good idea to get into some housekeeping things. And then I mentioned a few things because, you know, the, the show has been uh, growing. I mean, I don't want to say it's growing because, you know, like, like you have to start somewhere. So um, certain things have, have, have happened. So, you know, you know, you can find us on Anchor and then you can now find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and then a few other places which you can find in Podlink. Um, for some reason, Apple Podcasts. They've been waiting for, for this. I don't know what's, what the deal is with them. But then possibly, hopefully, there will be... A, You'll, you'll, you'll be able to find the show there. We've started also the um, Twitter account, which is probably a good idea to follow um, at, at Uncut Gems Pod. And if you want to get in touch in the old-fashioned way, that speaking to you boomers, uh, <laughs> uh, you can also send us an email at uncutgemspod at gmail.com if you really, really think it's a good idea. And, you know, mail is always a good idea. So, you know, if you think you have a good idea for an episode or you just want to say how shit we sound, then fucking go for it. So, um, so that's um, main bits of the housekeeping news, and or maybe not the main bits. The main bit is now that um, instead of this show being bi-weekly, I think um, we will be going with a weekly schedule from now on because I have I have a list of episodes I want to do, and then if I keep doing them bi-weekly, I'll never do them, and I'll be frustrated and depressed. So, so therefore, and I'm. I'm I've been having such a good time. I don't know you guys, but I've I've, I've had such a good time last uh, last time when we were recording re- recording the first episode. So I want to do this every week. Fuck that. So with that, uh, with that in mind, let's uh, move on to the topic of the day, which is um, Assassination Nation, directed and written by Sam Levinson. My name is Lily Colson. I'm 18 years old, and I don't know if me and my friends are going to live through the night. This entire fucking town wants to kill us. And they may say that it's because they thought I was behind it. Or that I'm a whore, I'm a moral, I'm a homewrecker, I deserve it, I have it coming. Guess what? I didn't hack anybody's shit. I didn't do it, and I don't know who did. As for being a whore, a homewrecker, a moral, sure. It doesn't hold a fucking candle to your righteousness. That's the real sickness here. Your righteousness and hypocrisy. Boom. So, Assassination Nation was released in, I want to say, in 2018. And, you know, like the sort of vague plot synopsis kind of just describes the film as, a, uh, I don't know if, it's, if we can call it a drama or not. It's very stylized sort of film, film where um, described in, uh, in IMDb as, after a malicious data hack exposes the secrets of the perpetually American town, what the fuck is perpetually American? Of Salem, chaos descends on and four girls must fight to survive while coping with the hack themselves. 
So the film stars a few people like Odessa Young, Harry Neff, and Bill Skarsgård, and Joel McHale, and quite a few other people, written and directed, as I said, by Sam Levinson, who is also, by the way, the son of Barry Levinson. I don't know if you knew that, but there it is. Who's also done um, Another Happy Day, and then recently he's done Malcolm and Marie, which hopefully by the time you're listening to this, Malcolm and Marie will be available on Netflix, and I think we will be talking on Clappercast about Malcolm and Marie tune in it's gonna be fucking wild so anyway without further ado um i'm gonna throw it out to you boys um well maybe before yeah okay before before i say anything else because i've been rambling for a few minutes already uh what have what do you think about assassination nation have you seen it before is this the first time you've seen it and um what what are your thoughts over to you yeah i remember this got a lot of hype i mean i'll start sorry to cut you off there um Got a lot of hype out of Sundance. A lot of people loved it. Came out, I believe, in like September-ish. I remember I went to the theater uh, completely alone. Quite sad that this didn't like make any money because, I mean, Grant, I think you're going to hear a little bit about that in Malcolm and Murray. That's kind of a response you could see to like this failure of this film. Um, It's sad because I really like this film. I'm not quite as high on as some people are. I know specifically, Jack, we're going to be a little bit different here. I do really like the film, though. Um, It almost feels it's not like Booksmart in necessarily tone, but it feels kind of like Booksmart where the screenplay is just so engaging. Uh, The characters are so well defined, especially as young adults, young women. Um, There's some great trans representation here. Like when you talk about casual representation with the LGBTQ plus community, this is what we're talking about. This is a character who is not necessarily defined by being trans, uh, but it is undeniably part of her identity. It's just the perfect mix there. Um, And this film is just all around fun. It is a fun comedy thriller with enough of a political statement to feel worthy, like it actually has a purpose and it has something to say. I think the biggest issue is the fact that simply, I don't think any piece of the commentary is that like wild. As far as like the conversation surrounding, I mean, obviously you don't have to look too far to see like, oh, they're in Salem. It's like the witch trials. But the commentary here on like social media and kind of the dangers of social media and putting just everything of who you are and all your dirty secrets online, um, you know, it's not necessarily anything groundbreaking. I think if you're gonna, if you are at all interested in this conversation, pretty much every piece of this conversation, you're already going to kind of know. But the fact that it's such a fun experience, it is completely watchable, completely worthwhile, um, even if it doesn't necessarily, you know, break any new ground when it comes to social commentary. This is just, it, it just really is just such a fun film. And every time I watch it, I end up enjoying it more and more. Um, and that, you know, it's one of the best things that movies can do. A lot of movies, it's the first time is the best time. And then every rewatch is just kind of lesser and lesser as far as the returns. And this one just keeps growing and I just keep having more and more fun with it. And it's kind of weird rewatching it now, you know, so close to at least here, you know, in America, very topical, uh, the storm on the U.S. Capitol. Um, like there's definitely some stuff there as far as like society and certain like individuals and certain groups kind of taking power and trying to use, you know, force and violence to get their ways and kind of clean the nation, how they see it. Even if, you know, you don't agree with that cause, there's a couple weird parallels there that still like stands as very, very relevant. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I guess to kind of close my opening thoughts, really like the film. I'm just going to really echo most of what you've just said there, Carson. Um, I think how we found the film is it's probably a very similar story, although mine is a little bit more frightening, where I'd heard about this film garnering quite a, 
a distinct notion of it, it, it was going to be a uncomfortable and b um it was going to be controversial and those are the two words that sort of were buzzwords throughout its release i know that sundance was 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 massive um did fairly well and then all of a sudden there was there was theaters trying to pull it and and i was in montana in missoula at the time which is ironically where david lynch was born and I, 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 again, I went there to watch it on my own. It's the first time I've ever been to a cinema where there was a pat down, uh, uh, which was, a what? As, as, an, as an Englishman in another foreign country, uh, that's fucking frightening. Like, I'll just say it right now. So watching that film in the environment where those, those actions could credibly happen was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say stimulating, but it was comfortable. It was anxious. There was, there was a lot more sort of heightened, elevated emotional sort of, response and the film probably maybe deserved at that point i'm not too sure but um i watched it alone i think i watched it in a triple bill i watched it last i watched a star is born i watched venom and then i watched this which i don't know how you you go from one emotion to another motion to another motion in different contexts so i'd known about sam levinson a little bit before this i knew that this was his this was going to be his little uh, baby to get off the map I'm always sort of slightly skeptical when a name rings a bell and that, that name is through nepotism with his father, Barry Levinson, who's, you know, famous, you know, for working with De Niro and Al Pacino and sort of working on HBO uh, solely now, just released Wizard of Lies a few years ago, which De Niro starred in and which Sam Levinson also wrote with his dad, which is an interesting thing for the, for the matter. I, I quite enjoy that film, but nepotism is always like a scary buzzword for me. So going into this, I was like, oh, here we go. We're going to get a jumped up California rich boy. You're going to tell us, or how suburbia, how, how how women are. Like I just thought, like it's just gonna, it's just gonna come and go very simply. And I, I'm not gonna sort of go into the plot because I think we're gonna go there a bit, little bit later. But I'll, I'll probably close my thoughts now, and I'm gonna be quite hyperbolic here. After li- finishing like my screening and, and having to sort of live with that, that that film for a while, I reviewed it for a site called Nerdly. You should go check them out. A really good little independent site. Feel we shout out Lego. Um, and then I did a review and then I did my letterbox review and then I let it, let it just simmer for a little bit. And I can fully, like, I'm not going to say with any hint of irony because I, I do truly believe this. I think this, along with our American animals, are the two most important films of the last decade. I think mm-hmm. those two films tell the story about what it's like to be a, a, a young woman in this society. And the other two tell you how it's like, like to be a young man in this society. Both of them are very different films. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they're both wonderfully shot for what, how they are. They're both meta in a certain way that's quite fabulous to the, to the zeitgeist. They have two very, very influential filmmakers behind them. They have two very, very interesting stories, like I said, but we, there's, there's a two-way division here where it tells you what it's like to be in this society, what it's like to be in that one. I'll leave American Animals for another time because I think it's relevant, and, but, but I don't think it's you know, relevant to this conversation here. But I think this is a film that which we will look back on, and I mean all within, within cinema lovers. We will look at, back in this 20 years and define this as, a, as seriously as a masterpiece. I think this is not only a cult classic in the making, I think it's a classic right now. This film perfectly and quite astonishingly sums up what domestic terrorism is going to be like in the United States in the next 10 to 15 years if it already hasn't happened now. Now, I'm not talking about school shootings. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about data. I'm talking about protection. I'm talking about influence all being limited and then elevated and then thrown online for everyone to see the dirty laundry, if you will. I think what, what's shown in this film 
is frightening as, as a sort of reflection of our society. And it's not just, the, the film doesn't define itself just as that. Like, like it's just not, it's not a film where it's, it's going to shock the value. Oh my God, look at this. It, you know, it's such an allegorical film. Look at this metaphor. There's so much here because I think the one thing it does where I, and, and I will, we'll touch upon it in a little bit, but I think the trans character is one, is such a massive highlight for me. I think like um, in the film. Just for super, the record, it's Harry Neff, right? That's the yes. person. Yes. And, and for the benefit of the listener out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we'll put, we'll, again, we'll talk about it a little bit later because I think there's, there has to be sort of a little bit of time alone for, for, for that and how it's implemented in, in the film. But I genuinely do believe that this is one of the, will be the genre-defining film of this generation. Now, the problem with that is that nobody fucking went to go see this film. Now, America or, or, or the West, let's say, has, has a certain repetitive nature to it where a film will come out and it will be quite difficult to watch and and because of social sort of uh, social things that happen regarding or involving or surrounding that those themes are uh, either before or after people are not going to go in droves to see it it happened with likes of gangs in new york which is again a very different film but a very different context but it's about new york being built came around the time when new york was being destroyed it's it's this this has come out at probably the wrong time but in, 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 in hindsight, it could not have come out at a better time. And I hope more people do eventually get to see it. I know that it's it's uh, released over here by, is it Film 4? And then it's it, it's got like a really good um, distributor in America, but just no one to go see it. And I can understand why. It's venomous. Yeah, it was Neon in America. Yeah, and Neon do some really good shit as well. Like It's like, it's what Annapurna used to be. Like, fucking making like, really big films, but nobody wants to go see it, which is such a shame. And I think it's telling of a society in its own right. But just to end my opening thoughts, I, I don't doubt that I'll probably be the, 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 the person who sort of speaks the loudest about this in the room. But this, this, film, this film demands you to have to witness things where it's not like a, like, like a Saw film when it puts you through like a, a torturous scene. It's like, oh, wow, it's over. This isn't like 95 minutes of general cruel torture. There's one moment of relief, and it's an ironic moment, if anyone can guess, it's when someone gets slapped with a baseball bat. That's probably about it. When in the yeah, yeah, that's actually quite funny. <laughs> yeah. It's the only scene in the film where it feels like a relief, which is so interesting because it's actually an act of violence. It's a horrible act of violence. And I but think it has a, it has a tongue, tongue-in-cheek tone. But also, or it has. Half of it, its yeah. time, I want to say. But it also has a double context as well with what's happened the last two years with that certain person. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's like I don't really even see this film as a Sam Levinson film. I just see this assassination nation, and and I think that's the highest praise I can probably give. This is where this film goes further than it from its maker and becomes its own entity. It's very rare, rare you can probably have that. I think that there's 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 very few, very few. But this is one where it's the name alone will stand the test of time rather than than who's in it. I think everyone is a byproduct, and and, and it is a film that doesn't sort of highlight anyone in particular in, in its cast list of like, oh, this one's going to be like a major star. It has got it's like Suki Waterhouse is probably the, the the only person who's got sort of any sort of nature to her where it's oh, we know we know who she is. Um, Bill Bill's got hello. Yeah, but he's only he's only in it for like five minutes as well. Well, yeah, but he's like he's it. he's the only sort of recognizable name, I suppose, in the cast. I I probably bet he this was probably shot before it was released as well. I have. Yeah, a, but Bill Scott didn't have, didn't he have a career before it? I think he did, didn't he? 
I don't think he did. I don't, I, it he was small, I, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What did he do? I mean, okay, well, don't, I don't want to just shit on your parade right now. You, okay, well, you, you finish your opening thoughts. <laughs> No, that, that that is that is the highest degree I can give it. Like I think this is one of what will be one of the most influential films of its time. I think if anyone sees this, who who is fifteen, fourteen, and sees it with the right mentality and the right mindset, will be influenced this on on two levels. Firstly, on, to understand how to treat thy neighbour, if you will, and the secondly. I think this is a film that will influence filmmakers. I think it has that. It has that sort of Scorsese, you know, Mean Streets vibe to it, where it's shot on a, on, a, on a limited budget. Probably not, but it has that aesthetic. It feels like it could be made by anybody, which is which sounds like an actual horrible statement to make. But I think no, I, I don't think that's correct. By the way, I, th- I think if you can make a film that looks like you can make, you've done your fucking job because it's a gun for hire. But I think. You know, I haven't ever heard Levinson actually talk about this film, and maybe I should have done, because I wonder how personal this film is to him, because it's nothing that actually touches on what he as a... God, this is going to speak for him now, so this, this is quite rude, but, you know, he's a, he's a white, successful male, comes from a, 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 an esteemed family background where it's, you know, they've made a lot of money, they're, they're recognised as a Hollywood powerhouse, they are, Levinson's are really big. So you, you imagine when this film came out, as a, what does this speak for Levinson? So is Levinson doing this so he, can, he, can, he knows full well it's going to go into the culture or is he doing it so he can tick some boxes I think that's probably still up for debate but regardless I think the film as, as, as itself stands alone as being okay. one of probably the most defining films of its generation I just hope more people get to see it I mean I don't think it's a, it, it, it is up for debate I think you know just because the, the man's you know I don't know, like well off, and he's from 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 an established Hollywood family. He's allowed he's allowed to have an opinion on society as well, and I think this is what he's doing. So, how? Yeah. So, I think what, it's a bigger thing with Levison, like continually, just very clear. Like to be honest, I've not seen his first film. I've not seen Euphoria. To my understanding, Euphoria is about a young girl dealing with drug addiction. Malcolm and Marie, and you can read this in my review when it's on the website. Like that is a film about the experience of a black filmmaker. It's like specifically black filmmaker in today's era, and like the comparisons they have to deal with, and the whole culture and how they deal with race in the filmmaking industry. He continually looks at like. Very like important voices to be heard in very important perspectives, but ultimately that is not of his own. Like to some degree, at least, sure he probably relates on some degree. He's a filmmaker, you know. I don't know about his personal life, but I think you continually see this with his work is where he draws from the perspective of others, which I think one could say is very problematic. I think he's so far with everything I've seen done it tastefully enough to where it doesn't seem problematic. Well, do you know what, continually Cassie? you see that. Do you know what, Cassie? Just to echo that as well, nobody's ever come out and and and, and ever had him in an interview where he's had to explain himself. So regardless of if, it, if people do think it's problematic, he's never brought sort of a, a negativity to those stories. He's, he's brought it with, a, with an eye, an open eye, and he's brought a mass audience to it, even if it's a limited amount, he's still brought an audience to it regardless. I think Euphoria is an interesting one. I think Malcolm and Marie, I think we can take that to one side, although the context of that film within his filmography is going to be interesting to see no, where why, he goes. Why would you want to take it to one side? I think Malcolm and because, Marie because is basically, I basically just response good. to your question, actually, because when you say, well, uh, he's a, he's a well-off white man, he's actually made a film from a perspective of, of a black filmmaker who actually in, whose character he uses to put... He puts his words in his mouth saying, well, why just because, just, just because I'm black or whoever... It doesn't mean I, um, I, I know this, that, or, or the other. It's, it's the, um, 
my perspective is not defined by my identity. That's what he's saying in the film. No, I, right? I, I understand that. I think I think I, I'm, I'm talking in regards to like discussing this film. So I, I mean, I think I understand completely where it's like, you know, he he is allowed by all by all intended purposes to, to discuss and talk about anything what he wants in his films. And and just to my, my point previously, I don't think he's ever done anything where it feels uh, negative or or contradictory or even and harmful to, towards those topics. I don't want to name drop this person every other week, but I'm going to. I think that if you're going to if you're going to make a film about the slave trade, and then you're in an interview, and then you and you're having to talk about the, your use of the N word in your films. I think you're doing a disservice to that film. I don't think Levison's ever been held accountable for for anything he's done, or maybe maybe should have done in his films. So for that, I can infer that he's not upset anyone. That's what I was trying to get at. But I think within within talking about Assassination Nation. I think you do have to put Malcolm and Marie to one side because I think that's its own entity. Whereas Euphoria and Assassination Nation, I think those two mediums go very, very well together and discuss a, a bigger problem he's willing to discuss. However, I still think a person of his caliber talking about what it's like to be 15 to 18 in those circles is a very difficult task for me to are sort you, of get behind because you, how how old is he? Hold on, he, he must be in his thirties, in his forties. He's got to be. His dad must be in his seventies. Because you know, if he's okay, if he's say I don't know my age in his mid thirties, so he used to, so he would be I don't know, he would be a teenager uh, in the early noughties. So I don't know, maybe he might even have kids who are going through this. So he may actually be looking at certain things from perspective yeah. of children. So that's that's yeah, fine. I, can, I Yeah, don't I mean, it's, it's quite prim. It's, it's quite preemptive me to talk about. It. I don't, like I said, I, I don't know the bloke, so it's, it's difficult for me to assess. That, so I, I pr probably should sort of relent on that. I just think that I think for, I think that I think that this is an issue that goes into like this. Going to sound like so fucking stupid, but I think it's an issue that cinephiles have rather than an, an average audience. Is that an average average audience will watch Euphoria and not have an issue with it, uh, considering who's made it. They're not bothered. They just want to see Zendaya and they want to see, you know. The, the teenage life what what the english version of skins was like people just want to oh. see a young a young young star and and, and they want to see a reflection of their own society how, how if that's a reflection in an honest one i'm not too sure i haven't seen the program however when cinephiles look at stuff like that i always do question where it's where this idea has come from so when you see like i don't know when you look at fuck me when you look at the matrix and you look at the wachowskis and then you have a little bit of information on where that film comes from and, and how they discuss and and talk about you know philosophy and, and stuff like that and then throughout the ages they they have changes in their own personal lives which then echoes their films in hindsight it gives more emphasis on what those conversations are about i don't think we're going to probably ever get that with euphoria and, and assassination nation with levinson but I don't think in the same breath that should take away from his art and putting it out there. That's what I probably try to sum it up in that in that, in that, that regard. I mean, yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's wind back a little bit because there's quite a lot that's been said. Um, that's just, um, okay. Well, I haven't, well, just just to kind of just get to a point where why this thing, why this thing has kind of just fallen by the wayside. Like, I haven't seen this in the cinema because it was there in, in my local cinema it was there for just one week and it was pulled because no one are you, are you talking it. about a, a chain Jakob as well or an independent uh, that was an Odeon um, oh wow Christ I didn't even think it would get yeah, that it was, far it was one screening at a time that I couldn't that I couldn't get 
and I was thinking, okay, maybe next week they'll, they'll, they'll revise the timings and then next week it was gone. So I was like, fuck that, what's, go- what's going on? So it just, uh, I just caught it, I don't know, six months later after it was just released to, on Just DOD. to clarify, Carson, did you see it in, a, in an independent or a chain? No, I saw a chain, but funny enough, I just want to quickly mention, it's funny that you from the UK saw this from Montana. Me as a guy from California saw this also in Montana, Bozeman, Montana. I watched this in a theater there. Oh, wow. Which I think is hilarious that we both managed to see this. I saw it at a chain. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I saw this at, I saw this at an AMC, which is oh, regal. an audience as well. So it's interesting how you say, yeah, yeah, could be used to it for a week. I don't know because I wasn't in the country at the time. But from where I'm, I mean, you, you don't live too far from like a, a, a mass population of people, do you? Like you, no, you I mean, I w- an I hour mean, and a half I've, from London. Uh, no, yeah. So if I wanted to drive there, like it was playing in like in one view in London and in a BFI, I think at the time. And that's it. Like it was basically just, it was very limited release. And that kind of fell very, very, very short, which kind of then just testifies to how this thing went, made like two and a half million on a $7 million budget, which... By the way, like I pulled out a quote from uh, the neon neon dude, uh, who said that you know, like Sam Levinson has created a bold, visionary, and ultimately cathartic response to the dumpster fire that, that is 2018. We're all admittedly disappointed. More people didn't come out this weekend, but those that did were loud and overwhelmingly positive. It's going to take more time for Assassination Nation to find its audience, which is pretty much what you guys are all saying because mm-hmm. when i watched this first and i gave it three stars i was kind of like oh I was, I was, <gasps> now now i'm fucking banging with this this is amazing mm-hmm. i looked back at my old review so I'll, I'll give you a bit of a quote in this um because I, this is this is going this is going to lead me in my in a direction i hope um, we can we can discuss a little bit more um yeah, yeah. which is um at the end of my review um uh i i where, where is it? However, as I said before, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Assassination Nation eventually... This is from my review, by the way, folks, so I can strap yourselves in. I wouldn't be surprised if Assassination Nation eventually finds its audience and appreciation to this film ev- um, eventually permeates into the mainstream of popular culture. It definitely lacks Finch's attention to detail and perfectionist attitude to the filmmaking craft, but for better or worse, Assassination Nation is a strange grandchild of Fight Club and it may be a matter of time before it is rediscovered through word of mouth or or the universe of memes and becomes celebrated as a forgotten classic that went through cinemas without registering on anyone's radars because it was perhaps a bit bit ahead of its time. Or maybe it was actually a little bit too arrogant for its own good after all. So that's how I ended my review, because I saw this and I immediately just connected to this because as as basically as as a progeny of of Fight Club, and then now that I rewatched it, I was thinking this, so every now and again, there, there will come a film or in a filmmaker who will try, or maybe sometimes accidentally, they will try to encapsulate the milieu of the time. Like they will try to sort of look at the current generation and take a snapshot of it. So if you think about what assassination nation is to the Gen Z crowd, which I'm not a part of because I'm too old for this. This to me, when I when I watched it, watched this now, this basically just spoke to me on the level um, that sort of Fight Club did when I watched it originally. Which, by the way, I think it also bombed at the box office. It was yeah. also controversial because it was super violent. And there were, I remember, there were news articles coming out saying that people are setting up fucking underground fight clubs and they're beating each other to a pulp after work because it was having this sort of cultural response, even though it didn't make money at the box office. Um, I mean, I think it made more than, than seven million. I think it made like a hundred million dollars, but it didn't make money for the studio. 
Um, These DVD and, sales. Yeah, yeah, but then th this is pretty much where, you know, like shows like this one should be probably of help because uh, in the second-hand market, as in second-hand, like secondary market of home releases, VOD and Blu-rays and DVDs, this thing sh should shine. And it will probably take uh, 10 years or so for people to have enough of a perspective because you kind of have to admit that, well, 2018, like Sam Levinson, he was writing this and he was thinking 2018 was a dumpster fund. Just fucking you wait until you live through 2020. Jesus Christ, right? Mm. Yeah, but so I think it's still too early for, the, for people to appreciate this, but I, I think they will because it kind of sums up Trump America. It sums up social media and it actually does it in a language that it was, I couldn't, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Levinson read and read Fight Club by Jack Palin or watched Fight Club and, and, and he, he had this sort of urge to do something for this generation as well. Even though I don't think Jack Palin, when he was write, uh, writing Fight Club, he was about the sort of Gen X slackers and yuppies um, and, and he had this sort of punk rock attitude, which I grew up with. Like when I, when I was a teenager, I was, I was a fucking rebel, like pro, proper rebel, you know? <laughs> rebel without a cause, yeah. Yes. I can see it. Yeah, so yeah, you should speak to my dad about it. Fucking hated it, but but um, um, but anyway. So every now and again, there will come a come a film that kind of just summarizes these sort of thoughts. Like American Psycho was a book that kind of summarized the sort of excess of the eighties. Um, American Graffiti um, in in the seventies kind of just summed up the certain sort of uh, um, the generation of the George Lucases and you know Steven Spielberg's of its time. Right, where these people who were, you know, like cruising um, uh, in at night, you know, looking for dates and just having a good time drinking beer and having and smoking weed, um, dazed and confused, kind of does the same sort of thing. They're, they're, every now and again, there will come come something that kind of just oh, tra uh, train spotting. That's another one. Um, that this this is going to be one one of those. It's just it's it's a it's a bit of a sad turn of events that no one. In like, I don't know if, if people put assassination nation posters in their dorm room, uh, on the on their dorm room walls the way my generation, when when I was eighteen to twenty one, we would plaster Fight Club over our bed, bedroom walls, right? This this thing's kind of not there yet because I think it's still too sorry because Trump just fucked off, like it's still too too <laughs> early, uh, and. But yeah, I, it, which kind of just leads me to think like when you watch it through the sort of lens of is this the Fight Club for for this time? It works so well. Like if you look at the uh, what did I don't know what you guys thought about this sort of little monologue where um oh what's her name? Oh, fucking hell. Uh, blanking on her Lily Lily Coulson, <laughs> main character. Forgot her name. Um, when she gets some uh, summoned to the principal's office and then. Uh, because she drew a, well, for lack of a better word, a porno picture, right? And, and then she gets chastised, and then he, she just goes on this monologue about, you know, like, oh, how, if, you know, do you want me to conform? Do you want me to, you know, like, if I just lean just the right way and take 17 selfies of myself and in, in just the right light, then some people will say I'm beautiful, but then it only takes one fucking troll to say I'm a fucking ugly ass bitch and then and and then my confidence goes out the window because that's true and then you know it's all it's all about the sort of instant recognition and the sort of confidence is so paper thin and it basically is like a monologue just taken out of fight club and works like i don't know about you but this works like this and it has this sort of roaming cameras everywhere like when 
when they have this sort of house raid at the at closer to the end, where these um, this girl these girls are in a bedroom and people are kind of just descending on their house and there's the camera kind of roams like in panic room almost. So it kind of has, um, yeah, uh, like when you say, well, American Animals is kind of one of those things. Uh, American Animals has this sort of Tarantino vibe. This has a Fincher vibe and it kind of just works. It's, it's glossy and colorful and also has like these De Palma things in it. Like the sort of split screen, screen sequence at a party. Fucking brilliant, dudes. Like this, this, like, I don't know how I overlooked this when I watched it the first time, but this, this bangs. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I need to calm down now. But yeah. Can I just, so, can yeah. I just interject? I, I find it so interesting you found parallels with Fincher because I, I don't know how Carson would think about this, but I couldn't disagree anymore with that. I don't think this shows any signs of Fincher. What? I think, I, I think if, if you look at it and you look at uh, from a perspective of filmmakers, I think this has a lot of DNA from a lot of filmmakers because of the, who this person is behind the camera. He's seen his dad work with these people. He's been in these inner circles. He's probably been on the sets. So his influence and his his abstract, let's say, will be influenced by by a whole group genre generation of people. Um, so to that, to the, the Fincher thing, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I understand, but I wouldn't necessarily sort of put them one and one together. It's interesting the the first film that you came out of this and, and sort of was in your mind and it still is like three years later is is, is Fight Club. The first time I saw this and it's the ironically it's the only time I've seen this because I don't want to go back to that film and I'll probably explain why in, in, in a bit as well. But the first film that came to mind was was Larry Clark's Kids. Now I don't know if anyone's seen that. It's it's eluding. It's been eluding me. I want. I always wanted to see this because oh, oh that's another sort of little note I have because it kind of looks like. Harmony, Harmony Corinne attempted to remake Fight Club. Well, yeah, because, yeah. Because Larry Clark's Kids was written by Harmony Corinne, and he was like what, sixteen yes. when he wrote it. Yeah, yeah uh, I've, I've never seen yeah. Kids, by the way, but, but uh, for some reason I can't find find it anywhere legally. Because well, well Larry Clark's Kids is like is, is infamous for being like the, one of the most dangerous films ever made. That and Bullet and Bully is amazing as well but kids is how, kids but how is, is it dangerous like what makes it's, it dangerous? because for its time it's it's showing what it was like to be 14 to smoke to drink to have Whoa. sex I, I don't i don't want to spoil the film for if you're going to watch it but there's i mean there's i, I vaguely know what it is about but it's kind of like a weird thing it was dangerous by to people who were like 45 at the time and they just could not possibly wake up to the possibility that their 15 year old children are fucking okay yeah, that's well, I mean, still a thing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like that's what yeah. teenagers yeah. do. Like, try and stop two ne- teenagers from fucking. Like, I, I dare you. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the only thing I'll say about like the, the filming context is that this this touches on what it's like to to, to be a slacker. Like, uh, but the, the, there's a part of the film where someone there's an eight angle to it as well, right? Pardon. In in kids, if I only know it by reputation, there's an HIV angle to it as well. Right, that's why that's what I was going to get into. I don't want to spoil it because Carson, have you seen it? Yes. Right, I'm not going to spoil it, Yaku, but there is a character who does have HIV in it, and it talks quite nonchalantly about the 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 sort of ignorance and naivety that comes with that, and then comes with wanting to start your life somewhere about living in in sort of upstate New York and trying to be something you're not and then those kids who are the very thing you want to be who, who want the, the thing you have it touches on a lot of issues that, that sort of assassination sort of has evolved from but this if you look at sort of 
if there's sort of like a, a lineage where you can look back in, you know, to, to see where this, this stem, this family has come from, if, if you're, if, if you're in, in your, your own terms, you think Fight Club is on that branch. I have no doubt. I think without Larry Clark's kids, this doesn't exist. And I no, think no, no, def definitely. It carries and I think, the DNA I think this of, would of exist without things. Fight Club. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, I, I totally agree with this. I mean, Fight Club, I, I mean, to me, this is an immediate connection with Fight Club. But I, I, in the same breath, I appreciate that there is a, a whole sort of DNA strand of these other films and books that kind of try to do the same thing and they carry these sort of this information forward and then just and they just show you how societies change so you can see kids is a is a predecessor to fight club as the way pre fight club is a predecessor to this and in the in in that i will also probably i should probably also mention rules of attraction as well i don't know if you've seen rules rules of attraction that's um roger avery uh directed i think adaptation of a Bret easton ellis book about these sort of I don't. I can't remember if they were high school kids. Yeah. They're they're just sort of like spoiled, sort of upper class people who just. It's basically like a love child of uh, of America of of what American Psycho would be if it wasn't about um, a stockbroker who eats people. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, in, if 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 you haven't seen this, like this this goes on the list. This is an episode at some point because it's it's been mostly forgotten and it's an interesting film to see. Even on, if only for just one split screen sequence where I think just Avery just blows the palm out, as in blows him, as in gives him a fellatio, because it's just <laughs> it's just it's just a wild sequence in there. But anyway, so yeah, I, I, I thought that, yeah. You know, go ahead. I thought you were done. No, no, go, no, go ahead. I was going to say these comparisons, I think, are quite interesting. Number one, I agree. I don't really see a lot of Fincher in the filmmaking other than the scene where it's the home invasion, which I think is genuinely like one of the most stunning like maybe pieces of film in the past decade. And there's like a very certain scene from Social Network where it pans over a club, which like I see some visual parallels, but largely I don't feel the same identity. I find the, the comparison interesting because I actually don't know how much kids in Fight Club necessarily affect this because I think they seem very similar because it's capturing the true authentic like adolescent experience and I guess it's like they're just so naturally like they're very different films and subject matter and style or whatever but like I think that it feels so similar like how much of those comparisons is because they're actually influenced by each other's craft how much of it is because they're just capturing an authentic human experience and like would this really change that much if like let's say fight club didn't exist because ultimately the experience would probably still be the same i also think it's really really interesting like just to be clear none of us are you know white girls living in fucking modern century i would yeah. love to see white girls from American society, white teenagers go to this film and see what they think. Cause I think comparisons to how like you had those films that really inspired you as a teenager and really like kind of change your outlook and affected you. I don't know if our modern population of like teenagers and I work at a school, I work with teenagers. Like that's my job. Can you show I don't film? know if they're so aware of the, I, I think they're aware generally, but I just don't think they care. So I don't know if they would get the same impact of this film as like you did with those films, for example. I just think it'd be really curious because also I just don't know how like authentic they would feel this is considering social media is such like a near and dear thing to so many that even if you recognize it's toxic, people have such like deep ties and just needs and desires for it. I don't know if it's something that people are willing to have this conversation about. Granted, I to be very clear, I don't think that has anything to do with the bomb office, uh, 
bombing for this film. I think that is completely separate. And I think that's an easy point people make is, oh, it's too close to right now. No one knows it's too close right now until you go see the film. I don't think that's a major point. But I am curious if the social commentary specifically in like experience of the subject matter it's trying to portray I wonder what they would take away from the film because I think it would actually be shockingly, I don't know about, I would say negative, but I think it's really easy for us to tie the two. I don't know if when you're in that situation, you're going to be able to like find that. I think it's just an talk- interesting experiment. Can, can we talk about that? Because there's, there's actually quite a lot there I'd, I'd love to go into. I just, I'm going to go into the first thing though, is that I think that there is a reason why this is bombed, not because of its context when it's come out. I think that, if you look back through cinema and you look at these films we talk about, like we've just mentioned kids, we've mentioned Fight Club, we've mentioned these films where they want to talk about society, they want to talk about social uh, instances, but they, they use a subverted technique to do it. All these films bomb, and there's a reason for that. It's because the human race has got this horrible thing about it where it, it has a deep-rooted inaccessibility of understanding itself and when it knows it needs to understand itself. So you can tell someone... To, to their face, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. And that person will not, even, even, even if they, they understand what you're saying, they will not take that on board because they need to go through that in their own life. They, they feel the, the ignition of, I need to find this out. I, mean, I don't need you to tell me. There's also the, sorry to, to barge no, in, but there's, there's, there's also this sort of psych, innate psychological, if someone tells you something, like, as an, oh, you need to do this, there's the, in, your initial reaction is not to listen, is to um, double down on what you on, yeah, it's, on what it's you're to thinking. Reject, so, like, yeah. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, that's, you know, that, that, that's your sort of initial sort of defensive yeah. response. And then and I think, yeah. Well, and then there, well, there's, there's, yeah, as you say, it's kind of like people are un, un, unable to sort of um, self-reflect initially uh, yes. as in immediately. Right. And then also yes. there's also this thing, like if you, if the film kind of tells you to calm down, like you're not going to calm down. Like this is the exactly, worst thing. Yes. Like, this is the worst thing you can tell someone if, who's agitated. It's like, why don't you just calm down? Well, what fucking do you think I'm trying to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think there's there's also think, uh, to add a, to add to your reason as well. There's the reason they bombed were was be- because they were released in the wrong time, not because they were released in general it's just they should have been released i don't know like 10 years later maybe no i I then a question so like this is getting very very like big question i don't actually need an answer to this just something think about then what's the purpose of this like cinema like obviously the point is to like fair like is to connect with this like and make the social commentary but the people who need the social commentary won't like connect to it and won't accept it like not like granted cinema you know it's fucking far and wide like when you have so much shit comes out like definitely that's not a point like against this film but i do think it's a curious thought experiment like what does this achieve then like what is this achieving truly for like yeah. you know society not that every film needs to but i just think that's an interesting like, I mean, idea well, like, like i said though i think throughout the, throughout the history of cinema these films come out and, and people cannot gravitate towards them because their first initial reaction is rejection. Like, you don't tell me, I, I, I know how fucking bad things are, you don't have to tell me. When th- these films, regardless of what you think about them, do highlight insecurities, issues about society. I have this theory, and I'm glad you brought this up, because I think there's only one time in the history of cinema where people have gone to the cinema and accepted it. And I think it's the, 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 the dawn of the monster era at Universal's in the 30s. After that time, nobody has taken on board what these films have to say about society because as a as a as a race of people 
we've become ignorant, we've become naive, and we've doubled down, and we've, been, we've segregated ourselves in, 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 in factions. And those films, thank fuck, in the 30s, tell a lot more now about society, about how to understand someone who doesn't look like you, who doesn't sound like you, who's someone who doesn't have the same intellect as you, who's someone who comes from a foreign land, who has a different religion, has a different ethos, has, has, has ethos, sorry, has a different sort of mindset. Thank fuck those films came out when they did, because I have this horrible feeling that if we had different filmmakers, unlike like, likes of James Whale, or you know, we didn't have those filmmakers who were very far ahead of the times, which is a gay man talking, making films about um, an alienated person, you know, subverted in a monster sort of aesthetic. Thank fuck we have those films, because otherwise, I think we'd be in a very bad state of affairs in cinema. And I think that's another conversation entirely, but just to get back onto Assassination Nation, I don't think anyone at the time is ever going to sort of see this and be like, wow, we need to sort this out. If people really wanted to sort these issues out, they'd have listened to Michael Moore's Bowling for Columbine decades ago. People are not willing to accept it. And I think the issue that comes out now, Carson, I think there's two points. I'm going to talk really quickly so we can move on. But first of all, I, I do also find it very interesting that you work at a school and what these people would think of it because they wouldn't be able to show it. Well, that's another one cool thing to do because they, yeah. there are, this is hard art film. Like it's, it's pretty much like eighth grade again like in the UK. Like if you were 15, no, if you were 14 years of age, you wouldn't be able to, to see a film about people your age. I, was, I, I wasn't allowed to watch Schindler's List in history class at my high school until I was in the last year. I mean, now, as a person, yeah, but as a person. But how, how old would you have to be? 15. Okay, in, in order to, okay, well, this is something coming from, I, I, I was born in Poland, like 10 miles south from, uh, from Oświęcim, which is basically where Auschwitz used to be, right? Um, okay. So I've, I went there three times, like once with school, and the second time, I think, um, as, as an adult, just I wanted to go and, I go and experience this and then, you know, um, learn something more. And then third time, because my cousin came over and he, he also wanted to kind of just do this and we just went. There is a lower age limit to this, which is 15. You can't go into a place of mass, of mass genocide when you're younger than that because people have, have realized that you know, certain things are just not, you're not ready for. And you're, See, I, fi you're, I find you're, that... Not, not because it's too gr gr gross or um, too violent. It's because you won't be able to maybe appreciate and respect it yeah, in, there's a, in a way yeah, that... Yeah, there's a little maturity would. that comes with it. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. I just think that these films, they're, lo they're looking at a target audience... And if, if it's an 18 or this and that, there's quite clearly, the di Neon knows that their, ta yeah. their, their, their target audience is not going to see that film. So then you look at, which, which if you look at like cinema, you call it the intended target audience, which is basically cult, cult um, classic favoritism, stuff like that. And then possibly a, a, an issue of, of, of Academy Awards stuff, but very, very limited amount. So this film was never going to be made. With, with its intent and purposes of, of getting its audience to see it, which then infers that this film was, was made purely for the fact of it was meant to be appreciated after the fact. And we're speaking here three years after, and just listen to your review and how you speak right now, Jakub. Yeah. Those three years have been fucking insane. It's like, a grower. It's a grower. <laughs> but no. Yeah, I mean, which is interesting because I, I, I worry about, I, I have this, I never watch, I never watch a film twice. I can't, I can't do it. I've, if I'd, I've got so much, much shit I've got to do. I've got so much shit I've got to watch. It's very rare I'll get the chance to watch a film twice. So I take it on the first basis. And yes, you can criticize that. Well, you know, you, may, you might have missed this. Might have missed I'm quite a good judge of character film. I like to toot my own horn. 
I feel like I can't go back to this for two reasons. First of all, I don't really understand what I would get out of it again because we live in that society now, which is frightening. And second of all, I don't think this was ever... I think... Well, let me say this again. I think its target audience with the four female characters it has is 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 aimed at those it's aimed at that, that demographic but i think there's a very interesting par- parallel to how it is to be a male in that film and i think every male character that's presented is a piece of shit and quite rightly so um there's the school teacher there is the well i don't want to spoil it but there's a, there's a, a love interest there's another person at the end who's revealed and, and then there's, there's, a all, there's also a boyfriend. There's a boyfriend. Like all, all men are pigs, right? Yeah. And also there's a, there's a scene in a bedroom which is so difficult to watch, and not for, not for reasons that people might infer, but because it's, 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 it's so close to being like, wow, this is, this is going to be a minute of acceptance. Like it's such like a moment of like, it's, just, it's very central in a way where you can feel that heartbeat, which is for a film to do that, of, have to look at something, and I'm, I'm not of that gender. I'm not of that sexuality. What scene are you so talking to, about in, 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 there, in there's the, a scene at the, in, in, a, in a party where um, the uh, the sex scene. Yeah, mm. but okay. it, but it's okay. like you you feel it all coming together, and you feel that moment of like wow, it's like acceptance, and it's very central in a way where you, you do that, like you have that heartbeat running through it, and then it gets taken away from you. I think there's a lot, a le- lot to learn here, regardless of what gender you are, what, yeah. what, of who you are, what ethnicity, regardless, whatever. Um, but, I, I, but just to get back to Carson's point, I, I haven't read anything about a, 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 a woman of that age or a young, young, young lady of that age. Oh, young lady, I'm like fucking like I'm 75. Just a, a, a woman of that age. A teenager, let's say. See, I don't think it's actually aimed at, at young women. I don't, it's definitely I mean, aimed to like 14 to, to like 16 or 18. It's definitely a teenager's film. I think it's it's, uh, okay, well, this is, I'll throw it to you guys. Is, is it aimed at 14 to 18 age women or is it aimed at 14 to 18 age men? As in, women. this is this is made by. I would a, say this, men. Is, this is well. I think this is. He's, 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 he's they yeah, I think they're speaking with uh, with Sam Levinson's voice. Like this is very written. I'm not. I don't. I'm not, usually this is a problem for me, but this really isn't. Like it kind of works. But to me, the women in there they speak in a very written manner, and then they're not. I don't think they're supposed to be well. The young women who are supposed to be the target audience for this, they're supposed to identify with them. I think it's more, it's more likely uh, that the men, young teenagers, are supposed to identify with these men to know not to become them. Yeah, I think, I think it speaks for women to men. Y- yeah. And I don't mean men, I mean it speaks for teenage, teenage women at that age where... B- b- I, I know what it was like at high school. I, I, you, you can tell in social circles when someone is with someone, not because they like that person, it's for social gain or for social interaction. This film is it, it really does allude to that quite a lot where there's just basic sort of issues of, well, if you're not with me, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then there's like issues of, you know, I'm not going to say like, the, the, it's not like sexual, sexual harassment. There definitely is that. But I think there's like a, an issue of, you know, if you're not with me, then you're not with any of us. Which like gang men- gang mentality of like gender, well, I mean, the, the, the sort of gaslighting and and, and uh, sort of yeah. almost. Well, it is. It, I mean, 
when you said, oh, it's not exactly sexual harassment, it kind of is. Like, if you look back at the sort of no, teenage I, I, years, I, I, sexual harassment and borderline fucking criminal behavior is, is almost a part of the experience. Right? It's emotional blackmail, that's what I meant to say. Yes. There's a constant amount of emotional blackmail where it's like, if, well, if then, you're not with us, then you well, don't deserve to well, be and then in, When it comes to sex, it kind of just extends there as well. Yeah, like when yeah. you say, well, well, she, she, she slept with, with his boyfriend, why can't you do the same for me? You know, like, there's these sort of like, oh, um, you know, if, if you don't do this, then I'm leaving because, you know, other girls are going to do this for me. Like this, 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 yeah, that's of, it. this mentality, it. this mentality is kind of there, right? No, I agree. I, I think, I think that's one of its positive things where it talks about, and I want to say, that's why it's difficult when, before we record this, I said, I love this film. It's very, it's a difficult film to love. Because when you use that word in that context, artistically, it's easy. Yes, yes, I think you have to. You definitely have to sort of say it in, in that. In that, um, you definitely have to say it with that sort of entwined notion of, you know, I love, I love, I love the film for what it is, but I, I understand like quite wholeheartedly what it's trying to say. I think on the on the trans issue, and I, I say that I probably shouldn't say trans issue because there's no issue in the film, but on the trans topic... There, there is an issue because they're, they're, at the uh, end of the film they're trying to do something to that girl. Yeah, but but uh, I think just the, just a, a bit of backstory, I think how that character's in, interjected to that film, I think is probably... Uh, I think it's the most natural sort of warming... And I'll I'll explain that in a minute. I think it's the most natural inclusion of like just a young a young girls in that film. Like the film doesn't allude to like this is a trans character. None of none of the promotional material is like a trans character. Like that character, that actress, it's just an actress, just a character. She's just it, there, yeah. Yeah, but but that but that is not in any way to sort of situate that. Oh my god, it's just another piece of the jigsaw. It's fluid. Like there's, there's, it, it has a fluidity to it where it just feels natural. And I think that's one of the benefits this film has, where that character has such a seismic arc. But it's not because of one reason or another why they're in that film. It's just a natural arc of that character. So that's one one reason why I do also appreciate this film as well, because there, there's other things where like there's a, there's a documentary on um, on uh, I can't remember what it's on, but they, they're talking about trans trans characters on screen and uh, a, tra- a trans. Um, woman was talking about look um, there's a reason why in society and i'd never sort of realized this it sort of clicked with me where there's a tr- there's a reason why in society trans women are hated uh, uh, and, and 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 more than ever and he said because when when people at a young age go to the cinema they see eddie eddie redman in a wig and they can tell it's eddie redman in a wig because eddie redman's a man who's it with a wig it's not trans it's not a trans person it's a, just a trans character they can see through that they can see through the void so when they grow up Every time they they will meet a trans woman, they will see that as a man with a wig. And I, I and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But but that's what happens is that when you see things at young age, or when you're sort of evolving as as a human being, and you see that, and and you don't understand it, or you projected it of your own insecurities, that then will come out, and it will be. And what what's happening now is it will come out in such venom that you, you probably you 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 get disgusted of that person as well but also it's sort of if you find that person attractive in a, in a in a roundabout way it's rein, reinforced through culture that you're gay and that's how that's how this person sort of um was talking about it. and i found that so interesting because if if you look at that sort of perspective it, it's so difficult to argue against that like 
I, 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 I couldn't, I just probably changed the way how I, I would see that argument in film where, you know, you've got Jack Scout Johansson playing a, a, a trans man. And I was thinking to myself, like, maybe a few years ago, if you would have asked me, I would have said, I don't really give a shit because, you know, it's acting. And I, I, and I think when you, uh, when you look at it now, I can completely under, understand that perspective because someone will see that who's not comfortable in their own skin or someone who may sort of be understanding of what they like and what they don't like, but they're, they're living a culture and a society where it projects to them that they can't like that. So they see something on, in, on screen and it reinforces that, you know, well, that, that's Scout Johansson. Like, that's not, that's not who I like. And I think in a roundabout way, like I said, I think it, it's, it's, it's negative reinforcement. I think we, we do honestly need like this type of, uh, performance on screen we need natural authentic performance i think euphoria also does that which i'm fucking glad levinson's also it's not just a one-off he has throughout his career and reinforced that and i think orange is the new black does a, did a really good job of that as well it's going to be very interesting to go forward and see if that's still a thing because we, we we spoke about this with uh, with hillary as well on the lgbtq podcast about trans um representation on film and I think this is a this is a film that needs to be highlighted for. I think it does a wonderful job. I know I've gone around the houses there, but I just wanted on a bit of context. Um, and I and I think that character arc is uh, is often, if not all, brutal. It's so difficult to watch. But at the end of it, there there feels to be an understanding of well, in in a, in a metaphorical way, they do they do showcase what it's like to live as that person in, in society. I mean, that's the same, yeah. same regard, though, I'll be very quick here. In that same regard, this is heightened to, to such a degree where I can understand why people might find that, well, might be detractors of that in a way that's like it's too allegorical. However, I think f f for me personally, I think it's not heightened to a point where it's ridiculous of like guns and, 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 and bombs and stuff like that, where, yes, it's a brewing pot of just. I mean, it's getting stuff. it gets close, right? Because it's very yeah, it colorful, it, it, it it's very neon, it's very, it's very yeah. stylized, yeah. But I mean, but then again, like you've spoken so passionately about this, and then when you realize this is only a shard of of what this film's about, that's only just a small part of this because there is so many other things like oh yeah, well, say internet privacy, social media, um, left versus right like how easy it is for society to just choose sides like what where, where do you guys stand on this because I, I, I'm, I know this is like a kitchen sink of a film where you can basically just pick and choose certain things and then and concentrate on them on them as well but there's so much more well, in there the one thing that the one thing that resonated with me a lot right and um it's 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 like it's a very like touchy subject to talk about but i think because it's in the film we can do um when i when i <laughs> When I was at high school, I, because I, 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 I'm, I, I don't need to put Jakob under the bus here, but I'm, I'm probably the, the middle age here. So ten years ago, I was in high school. I was, I was fourteen, so I was in my middle year high school. Um, I remember nudes blowing up to a point where that's when it became massive. People were get, they were getting Blackberries. People were getting smartphones. It was going from old shitty phones and people were getting iPhones. I had an iPhone. I was very fucking, um, um, privileged in the matter. Like I got, I got an iPhone. Um, I know loads of people had BBM Blackberry and it was about around, around those years where nudes just blew up massively. And I remember thinking like, 
it's going to be a matter of time here where this is going to be like, I'm going to see something that someone would never have wanted me to see. And I, I can choose if I want to see that or if I don't want to see that. But regardless, some people are going to, uh, are going to see that. And it happened. It happened three times throughout one year. It happened and they were all three girls. Um, one of them was horrific. The second one, I was, I was in this person's class. It was equally horrific because the police had to come in. Um, and then it happened a third time as well. And it was just, it just, it just killed, it just killed the, these, the, these young girls, like livelihoods. It was horrific. They've, they've probably had to go through a lot of shit to deal with it. They're probably better people for it now having to deal with that shit, but regardless should never have to deal with that shit. And th those things when you're, when you're 40. Oh, have we lost Jack? Yep. <laughs> oh, sorry. I think we lost you for like five seconds. I just got, what, what did you last hear? Because it was a very passionate rant. What was the last thing? Uh, well, you lost their livelihood. You talked about the, yeah. Yeah, the, the, they, these, these girls that it happened to, you could probably ask them now and they'd be like, look, I'm glad it happened. I'm better people for, I'm, I'm, we're better people for it with confidence. But that doesn't sort of help the fact that they had to fucking go through it to, to begin with, you know? You, sh you shouldn't have to understand the, the the issues of pain by going through it. You shouldn't have to be forced. So I've always I, I've always had that issue where I could not fucking fathom going into school and having my personal life intruded because of that. And I think the nudes issue in this film, which which it, it ultimately is the uh, is the boiling point. It's it's the match that gets lit that that starts this all off. Um, well, that, that to me, like, on a personal level, that will fuck me up. So I'm like, this is horrific. Because I think we live in a digital age now where, you know, you can go on Twitter. And I don't know, I don't want to get into this if anyone, but I think if you say something 10 years ago that you're, and you're not that person now, you can get fucked for that. And I think it's a dangerous world to live in because some people do deserve it. And then some other people don't. And I don't think we're at that point now at society where we can, we can have a, a logical discussion of who deserves and who doesn't, you know? There are people out there who are evil, horrible people who don't have a fucking brush against them. But if you tweeted about something of a joke, like, uh, you know, some film directors did 11 years ago, I find that, I find that a really horrible place to be in in, in, our, in our social life. So when, you, when, when this film got, touches on that a little bit, I find that quite a passionate little sub-story in the film because that, that then alludes to everything else. And I think... That, that, that nude leaking or, or these nudes leaking is, is seriously like the, the, it's the domino effect. You would then have to ask of that, who's asking for these? You know, is, is, that, is that because the girl wants to do them? Is it because the, the, this, this man wants them? And then you talk about the, the relationship that, that that has, like that's not, there's something quite not right there, quite clearly, of this elderly man, not elderly, but elder man, intimidating and sort of influence this young young woman. And then you talk yeah. about like this this masculinity thing. I think the nudes thing is is so imperative to sort of understanding this, but also getting that film. If you can understand the fucking horrific nature of that, I think you can get on board with this very quickly. Mm -hmm. However, in twenty twenty one, when we look at this film, there's so much shit now where, where like I, I feel like people are just going to sort of well, we've been there, we've done that. This hit at a time where um, this was what four years after. After, after I was at high school. So 
fuck was it four jesus no no that was six years christ sorry it was six years after i left high school so for me it was bringing back memories of, of what i was like when i was 14 if i was 14 or 13 watching that i'd be so fucking scared it'd be unbelievable it kind of cuts too close to home no yeah, yeah. And, I th- and i think when a young girl will watch this at that age i hope to god that there's just like even if this is ridiculous and it gets ridiculous, you have to look at this plot and you have to look at it on a very base level. Where, where this starts from and where this ends, and there's a lot here. There's a lot about incel culture. There's a lot about sort of uh, toxic masculinity is another great one. Domestic terrorism. There's a lot here to, to get out. But it's that point in time where it can be a small mistake that will brood and, and fathom into something horrific. And I think... We li- like I said, we live in a culture now where a lot of people just won't give a shit about that. Cause we-, we live in a time of OnlyFans, you know. People are making money off it. It's a very different time now than it was back then. But for me personally, at my age, and I know I'm going on here, I do apologise, but for my age, okay. I think that, that, that is a point in time where it was horrible for a lot of people, and now it's socially accepted. So it's interesting where people are going to see this film in the context of maybe years before before I, I, when I came into this, or like I said, if Carson showed this at this 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 school, I would find it very interesting where they would find the influence in this and what they would find interesting and what they would could then report back to their own society. I don't know what it's like to be a 13 or 14 year old. Um, I can imagine it's fucking horrible like it was when I was 13 and 14. But then um, again, um, Carson, you, you, because you, you're the youngest of us in here. So you're probably he's only the, you, no, he's not that young. No, no, but, but you're, okay, well, I'll put I'll put it this way. I am a little well, bit younger than Jakob. I think we can yeah, agree. To, let, I mean, yeah. let's put it this way. Yeah, well, just so you can imagine how fucking old I am, right? So when I was sixteen and fifteen, nudes weren't an issue because if you had to take, if you wanted to take nudes, you'd have to go and have them developed. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and that's a conversation. And that's an awkward conversation at a at a photo development shop, right? <laughs> um, anyway, so <laughs> so Carson, like, okay. Where do you stand on, on, on this? Where, you know, like the privacy and nudes and all this? Because there's such a whole shit ton of, of content that Jack just rambled on. So then, you know, like it would be a good idea to kind of get your perspective on this as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it, it, first, I just want to clarify, like, even in like the, you know, few short years since I've left high school, drastically the culture has changed like let's just be very clear it's not like this is rapidly developing i think though the biggest thing is like sexuality and yes like there's still parents who are still you know very unwilling to accept it i think it's becoming mainstream just like point a point blank you go on tiktok and you see like underage girls like in fucking bikinis like dance you know like it's not like people are becoming okay not necessarily in always a healthy sense let's okay, be very clear i think that one bit with the principles very telling but people are becoming desensitized to like that, which I mean, granted, I think is genuinely, it's a, it's a tricky road. I think part of it is really good because I think, oh, the over like worry of sexualization and the rejecting of it is like really terrible for society. Granted, then there also needs, you know, it's a very complex situation. So I think that is becoming irrelevant. I don't know if this release today, like let's say this situation happened today and this woman, you know, was found, oh, you're, you know, she is having sex with this guy. I don't think anyone would care, like at least in the high school. I'm sure the community would care. I don't think yeah. it would be a big deal in the high school. I will say, speaking genuine, generally on the movie, we've touched on quite a few topics of discussion like in full detail and even just some in passing. 
I think it is one of the best things you can say about this film is the fact that it doesn't feel underbaked and underwritten in any of these conversations. Mm. It touches on so much, so many topics, genuinely like probably you could list 20, 30 topics this touches on and where it doesn't give necessarily each one a full deep dive and focus. It gives it enough to feel at least touched on in a respectful amount to where it works. And there's not a single conversation in this film. I think needs 10, 20 minutes to improve on, or I think it's just kind of rushed and doesn't fit. This is a movie that finds that nuance in just life and how all these elements kind of intertwine with each other in a very natural sense. That is something movies, a lot of movies, the vast majority do not accomplish. It does not accomplish. It doesn't work. This film nails it. So I think the fact that we can have that is quite um, impressive. I, honestly, I, I cannot echo that anymore. I think if there's anything that I can say positive about this film is that within what is an hour and 40, let's say, it, it touches on everything it can do. And, and yes, there are certain things where it's like, you know, there's, there's a topic of, I think there's one interest where they, there's a, a conversation about lynching someone and then the, the tables get turned. And I think that that conversation on lynching is very interesting considering the two demographics are involved in there. Um, but it's there just enough to understand like, oh shit, okay. And then we cut away. And I think the, the one thing that people will sort of get slightly like oh, underwhelmed by is, is probably that, that, that climax where the, the characters revealed to have, who who who's, who's probably started this, it, this issue in general. Um, I just felt it worked wonderfully. I felt that you would, it's a keyboard warrior. I mean, it's a bit of a joke, right? It's all, a little bit of I don't a think tongue, it is. In, I don't I think mean, it is a joke. Um, I, think, I, mean, I, think it's, I think it's a last... I suppose last, so, but it kind of plays like, like a little bit of a, like a stinger at the end. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like yeah. a filmmaker, film, filmmaker basically just undercutting this a little bit uh, to kind of bring in, like, a, let's just say, bring it back a little bit and just put it in perspective, I think. Because I see, I disagree. I, I think it's the most venomous part of that film. Really, and, and that might sound like, yeah. I think, but it, I think this like goes back almost to our conversation about like, is this for boys or girls? That is, I think, clearly tongue in cheek a bit, but also thematically, it plays into a very like larger purpose that the film has. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't need to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the, it's the one yeah, thing but... where where that that sort of aspect of the film where everything else is touched upon in that in that era and then it, it can be a beforehand and it's still relevant now that bit at the end i think has still not been solved in our in our culture and i mean that in the context of like incel behavior has seen absolutely no issues of being resolved whatsoever it is horrific on every level impossible sorry possible um thankfully i, I don't go on my twitter and get bombasted because of my color of my skin or my my hot takes I, I'm, I'm that firm believer where if someone will say something i'll just fucking block them a few few years ago again I, if someone said well this person's saying this to you i'd be like well fuck them they can do what they want now bang you're gone i don't think anyone deserves it in their life and there are serious people on letterbox i don't want to name drop this person because I, I really i'm really fond of them but if anybody wants to see this in in, in its in its in its working life just look at logan kenny's responses to his reviews the shit that that person gets for voicing their opinion is a fucking disgrace. Like Letterbox has got such an issue of solving that out. Like that, that the culture of attacking that person because of their views or or, or, or talking about a film in in a certain light. I, I've read some of that stuff and it's been horrific. And I'm I'm talking about I've got a thick skin. I'm 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 not on. I understand where where my life will head if I don't do anything about it. I can understand that, no doubt. I understand my ancestors before me, et cetera, et cetera. 
I, I, honestly, that is fucking gut punching what that person has to take. And you only have to go on this stuff for Brie Larson on, on YouTube culture. I know, Carson, you've touched about it on, on Twitter lately. It's a fucking disgrace. And I think that, that ending is like, you can have so much shit to be shown to you on screen. And you can see all these horrific things happen to these young girls, to society, to culture. Nothing will be the same again. Everything's lives are turned upside down. And it's caused by one little prick behind a TV screen or a computer screen or a fucking laptop who's about 11 yeah, causing I'm, all this shit. And yeah. at the end of the day, they just get whimpered into the end. That's it. They, mm. they, they cause all this stuff and they, they don't get any notoriety for it because nobody knows what fucking is. And I just think it's, it's the perfect perfect final full stop on that that long sentence this film discusses it's a gut punch it's like look this little fucker's caused this i mean the, i'm not sure, no I'm not sure if it's if, it, if it's if I it's even that it's, it's basically just an acknowledgement that some people are trolls right like some people i, I, will, I, I think, will, I think will, it's will, further than that i think it's i think it's that it's a it's a serious it's a hammer in the uh, hammering the nail at home i think it's I, I i can't find the way to describe how horrific that final scene is for me like this one little person has caused this much trauma and nobody will ever be able to get uh, their lives back on track because this person wanted to do it for a bit of fun. And, and, it, and, and just to further on to that, that person will also never understand the consequences of their actions. And I think if this, if this film is to aim to anybody, it's that incel culture. And ironically enough, those fuckers won't watch this. No, well, but then again, I mean, but you, look, you, at, yeah. Yeah. look at like the, how the fucking like true abuse they throw out like Kelly Marie Tran from, you know, Star Wars or just like any woman basically who's working in film at this point, like on Twitter or anywhere you go, like there's abuse and society at this point is just like not even justifying it because they don't accept it as like a good thing, but they just accept it as part of the culture, which is fucking crazy. It's not acceptable to be part of the culture. Do you know why I think that is Carson? Because I think the, the, the opposite, because I think the opposite, sorry to interrupt, I think the opposite to that is that um, like they, these people are like, look, uh, you know, why don't you just fucking deal with it? Just block them. They don't understand why that person has to delete their, their Instagram. It's because the same fucking people are then going after the wrong people who said, uh, who said a four-letter word they shouldn't have said, or a three-letter word they shouldn't have said eleven years ago? Like that's that's the way of the internet now is that there's such a, a disparity between people who just want to go after someone, and I think I mean, it's pr it's, it's probably the like, same people who I mean, are going after. Eventually, get to you it's because, because they you know, like drama, they like issues, like yes. literally. And this is like not to expand like this into like a huge thing. You know, we don't really need to get into it. But so, yes. and I just did a thing about this, so this is why it's relevant. Like in my <laughs> mind, it's like the gun control issue. People don't give like people like the drama, people like the conversation, yes. people like the controversy, people like standing out, and annoying people. So this is the whole conversation. No, you ban fucking guns, and we don't have like as many school shootings. It's very obvious. But we don't actually want progress. We just want like conflict, and it will not i say we very you know not necessarily us but like there's these groups who just want conflict and want issue and they just want to cause everyone's life to be as miserable as possible and it's just yes. so genuinely like revolt it's it's revolting is what it is and this but is so what, with a film like joker is it just fucking accepts that as like and tries mm -hmm. to justify that and it's not acceptable it is fucking like not to be like yelling on a podcast about this but like it is fucking revolting and it's just so gross and i don't understand how people do this I, I see just to go on that level because obviously like you've, you're very passionate about it and i want I've, i'm gonna have to go in a minute but i want to know this how do you think this film deals with that topic then 
I, I, I think it's very similar to what you, I think it's good, but it's good for the people who already recognize it's an issue. Yeah. Like it's good. If you are a troll and you do this, you're going to reject the statement anyway, probably because it has women in the lead and you're like, Oh, you can't deal with that for whatever reason. But like, it's not going to be good for those people. This is not going to, this film is not going to work towards social change as good as it is. This is ultimately, and that's how I feel about a larger social commentary of this. Ultimately, I don't like it is. I'm, I'm just going to use the non PG version because that's all I have in my head. It's sucking the dick of people who already think this way. How like dare that's you. all it's doing. I'm gay, also. <laughs> I can say that I'm not, you know, fuck well, off. You know. Um, but like it is, it's just basically like reaffirming the beliefs of people who believe this. This is not going to change anyone's opinion. It's just going to remind people how shitty it is, which, you know, granted, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. I still enjoy this film. Like it works for people who feel that way, but I don't think this is a film that's pushing for real change for the people who need to actually put the effort in for change. I don't even I can't, think I it's, it's pushing. I don't, I don't think it's pushing for change. I think it's, it's taking a snapshot of what, and lets you take, take care of, making your own mind because it has so much so many things to say so it's difficult to actually extract one coherent opinion out of this all it is it's kind of just showing you that we're polarizing as a as a society and then and, and has so many other things appended to it that you can extract from there which pretty, pretty much brings me to i mean one final point that i wanted to before we wrap up is is we touched on on, on this briefly before and why did this not um hit with people and then it kind of fundamentally just at least to me comes down to um, the sort of problem with cinema as a, a as an entertainment or a business because for something to hit it needs to make money and if it doesn't make money it's not going to get shown if, and i kind of have a thing that these, these are films that actually benefit from just being appreciated as what they are as in art as in okay well this is someone's perspective on this so many people contributed to this and then put it together and this this is a little bit of a photograph like a renaissance photograph of 2018 with you know like lots of stuff happening in various places of, of the painting with people stab with someone getting stabbed someone getting raped in there someone getting hanged someone having a, a glass of wine whatever like there's so many things happening in the same picture and then it's just it's not supposed to be um, to me a business item this is the American mercantilistic sort of approach to this is almost wrong like it's Maybe it shouldn't. Well, it 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 won't won't hit with people it's supposed to be addressed to. But um, it will be. Uh, I think it will be. I I don't know. It's it's almost it's almost wrong to expect for 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 this to to just be. Um, I don't know. Um, like a, like a business thing. To me, this is um, just a piece of piece of art that kind of just tells you something. Maybe its perspective is a bit flawed and it's a bit weird, but I think we're now kind of coming to a conclusion that, that we can talk about this for hours, which which means it's probably worth talking about. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I'm, Let me pose we, a little, like, I find this very interesting conversation and I know we're wrapping up, so we don't really need to get into it, but I wonder how this film would have done if it went straight to streaming. Cause I think that would have done a lot of different things. Number one would have made it accessible for audiences who were younger and couldn't buy tickets, go to the theater. Cause it's just on streaming. You just have to click it. It's always there. So you don't necessarily have to worry about ticket sales to where it's going to leave the theater right away. It has time to build that recognition and get people talking about it. And like I said, it's on streaming. You could still watch it. I think this is a perfect example of a film that is worth going to streaming because i think that's going to make it accessible to the audiences who need to watch it i mean yeah i mean, I mean maybe 2018 straight to, to, 
straight to <laughs> streaming used to be a little bit of um um I could, had a stigma right now it doesn't really anymore because you know thanks coronavirus but um but yeah okay well to to kind of just bring this to a close i think maybe it will be a good idea but i think i have a feeling that the neon guy tom quinn who was kind of just whom i quoted in the beginning kind of had a point and i'm i'm really on board with this as in this is a film that's more likely to be a cult favorite than a big box office hit and it was probably a mistake to to anticipate would have been one which is which brings me to to our sort of role in this as fans as people who appreciate cinema as art and as something else as an illustration of society so that we could i don't know convey our thoughts and maybe convince other people to pick this up on the, off the shelf or just stream it on Netflix because I think well it's it's available on Netflix where I live um but yeah Hulu in America if you're in America it's on Hulu Oh there you go so yeah so there's there's one okay well there's one point as well that I wanted to touch on which um we've kind of danced around and it's still a bit sore as in was Sam Levinson successful in not only illustrating the sort of the social media and the teenage experience and everything but illustrating the sort of snapshot of the Trump America of the time was he successful in this or was he exaggerating what's what what do you guys think about this I mean, I think it's rather clear that he's exaggerating just due to where the plot goes. I think more than a Trump's America, and I think I think the term Trump's America is a kind of dangerous because that makes it seem like it's tied to 2016 through 2020. This is a part of American culture that's been around long before Trump and it's sadly going to last long after Trump. You know, we're in Biden's America now and this is still just as relevant. I think it does a good job portraying the like soul and meaning, not necessarily the specifics necessarily. Um, I will say the issue or the portrayal of cops and the police and their role in this is very interesting and very, very relevant. Um, but I, I think it captures the soul quite well. I don't know about specifics. I mean, it is clearly exaggerated because, you know, it's this horror thriller. It's, you know, I mean, it, no way. Yeah, I kind of, I have a feeling that he's also, okay. Well, I, I, as he was kind of just painting, painting these sort of political uh, sort of colors onto this, he was also, Oh, trying to ca- uh, capture the sort of cancel culture of the social media as well, as in um, not demanding evidence out where, or to, to convict someone of something, right? Or being okay with just allegations to uh, make up your mind on, about someone. Um, and, then, and then illustrating in an exaggerated, heightened and stylized way, the consequences of that, like, the guy goes full Bud Dwyer. If you don't know who Bud Dwyer is, I can Google it. Like, go on YouTube. Like, like you know, it's like, but content warning. It's pretty graphic. Yeah, there was this. You know, when the guy shoots himself on te- on television. Uh, yeah, I've he, seen that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But yeah, so but these are things that happen. Like, like but then again, Bud Dwyer. I think he was actually guilty of something. He was he was supposed to step down as a politician in like Toronto, and he just like brought a gun to the stage and just blew his brains out. Um, but. <laughs> There's there there is this aspect to this film as well where it just kind of just I think it just builds to my original point where it just tries to take a snapshot of society with all its complexity and then leaves you to figure out what you want to take from this because I can take the I I, I can sit it with this once and then just take the cancel culture out of this and and be happy with this I can I can watch it again and I can say I can take the sort of the gender 
war, tribal gender war between men and women, which is pretty damn straight obvious if you think about this, especially with how the film ends with women on one end and men on the other sort of facing off. Like it's pretty, pretty damn obvious, right? But, and so, so you could, you could take all that. I could, I could watch it seven times and, and take seven different things out of us, which to me mm-hmm. kind of just, like, I, I don't want to say I'm, because I, I'm not going to apologize for how, um, how I saw it when I originally uh, reviewed it, but I kind of see how it's grown on me and I can appreciate it for what it is. It's a bit of a mess. It's a very colorful mess, but it's, and artistically speaking, it's a pretty, very well constructed mess. Like there's so many cool things in there that are just, I don't know, I can't seem to forget now. So it is controlled chaos, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a brilliant way to put it, actually. It's like jazz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that both of you said yes to that because I was like, there's a slight pause there. Um, just, just, I just want to get my opinion like, on it. Yeah. Um, look, um, I, I find difficulty finding sort of the illusions with, with Trumpism in this. I think it's, it's, a, it's definitely a sort of response to those fears. Um, but, but I think the issue at hand, what this, this is sort of derived from, is culture itself. I think this film is not looking at a, a political uh, point of view, although it is alluded to. I think this is about culture and what society says for itself at this point in time. Yes, politics does um, indulge and then does sort of grow on this and that. I'm not, I'm not not saying that, but I think there's a lot of uh, parameters here that sort of grow and, 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 and brood and boil away to, to, to get this finished product. I think it's, it's, such, it's such a strange film because I, I can honestly say that this is, I give this a 98 out of 100, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, I, would, I, would, I should have given it 100. It's the only time where I felt like this should have got a full house. I'm very interested to know what that two was for. Um, so maybe it is for, it is for a second run in, um, but it's interesting because it's it's a film that like I, I was thankful to see in a cinema environment, and I do think that I do think that changes the 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 the, the, the game because I think the conversation with streaming platform it doing relatively better. I probably wouldn't argue against that. I think if this was natured like <laughs> Andola Holmes was on Netflix, like wow this 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 or or you know Chris Hemsworth and this this this. If this was on, on that sort of level, on Netflix, I think this would have done fairly well. and It would have been in the... Uh, See, I know. disagree with this. Because on Netflix, things are no longer art. They're content. Yeah, like, I suppose. Like it, would, but... it, would just, it, would, it would just drop on Friday. People would just... I don't know. Some people would probably just make some wind on Twitter about this. And it will get forgotten. It will just get... Yeah, but yeah, the, I mean, that's the debate, though. Would you rather no one sees it and it stands as art? Or would you rather this, everyone this, sees it and it dies as content? This is a conversation. This is, you've got to bear in <laughs> mind the I context don't think of the era. See it, though. Well, this the, the context of the era. This is Blumhouse's era. Like, I went to go watch Glass. Fifteen people walked out before it finished because they thought it was a horror film. People at that, that age are just wanting to see horror. They want to go see fucking Annabelle wake up. Like, nobody's going to go watch it in the cinema who needs to see this. Yes, for artistic measures, for, for cinephiles, this film is fucking made for the cinema. It was amazing in the cinema. The sound, sound, the sound design alone is actually quite friendly and amazing. But this, this would have been suited better to, to, to seriously just deal with the punishment of not, of not making any money, but selling this fucker to Netflix and getting out to those people, the Blumhouse uh, categories of target audience, who, who sit there on Netflix and chill and, uh, with their boyfriend or their girlfriend, who, whoever... And they watch this film. If you're on a Netflix and you're watching this, 
Fucking hell. Yeah, well, well, no, you'd be surprised. They watch. They Jesus. watch. Than this, yeah. They're watching this and they realise he he talks. Why aren't we banging? Me, it's the person's talking there, like, like oh, I I I said, like he forced me to do, like send news, like should I do that? It's a film that will question subconsciously or not. It should it should have been released on streaming. However, that being said, I don't want it to be like an Apple an Apple TV or an Amazon Prime thing either because I think p- things just get lost on there. I don't think anyone wakes up and goes, I'm going to watch the new Amazon Prime thing today. I don't think anyone gives a shit. I think Netflix is, is within a certain degree of culture where it's sort of... I mean, part of the reason is why... Uh, uh, that or Disney I'm, Plus, but I don't think this would fit on Disney Plus, <laughs> to be fair. Oh, no. Like, well, you mean, never? No. No, but, no, no, but, but then... Amazon Prime has a has a problem just with the way how they market their own their, their own stuff. Like Netflix will be all, you know, they have their own like category of Netflix originals, and you'll see it for months in there. But yeah, it's 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 a difficult one, I think, because it's um it's it's a film that demands to be seen, but it also just throws obstacles in your way um, as a new sort of prospe- prospective audience because it's kind of difficult to figure out who this is for. And I, I kind of have a feeling that this is almost for me as a parent of someone who's about to become a teenager, so I can have a have a have a fucking clue of uh, what's going on in there. So it's, suppose uh, th- this yeah. probably hit hit a bit double for you then in that in that case because it's interesting how I, I saw it being a teenager, but you're you're literally on the receiving end of of that. Well, we're not literally just but getting there. <laughs> but yeah, it, no, you've got no. She's lovely. She's like, she'll never tell her to be anything like this. Story. She's lovely, but it, it is interesting to note because your perspective. Because, just to clarify, um, yeah, Jakob is a father, so it's interesting to see that perspective. So, just to touch on that, was it not frightening to see these young girls in that thing, or was it? It is frightening. I, I I mean, you, you can separate. You can separate the the two. I mean, I, it is frightening to me that okay. Well, the, one of the sort of cultural realization that I've been having over the years, which this basically captures, is how uh, pornography has been incorporated into the fabric of society. Because you know, like when, when I was growing up, like, porn was just a fucking uh, hide in the corner and just you found it outside a train station. Like, like, yeah. yeah, like you'd have to just organize a fucking trip with your mates who look like. Um, like they're a bit older, so they can buy you a, a magazine, so you can just have a go, right? Like this, this these are these were more, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This 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 was this was a whole, whole different scenario. Like now everything's oh, accessible, everything's me. everything's easy, everything's everything's too easy. Like people like even getting to people's secrets easy, right? Because people store their secrets on their phone and in the cloud, which is basically just a, a cool name for someone else's computer, right? Um, you know, just sorry, I just I don't mean to interrupt, but did this come before? After I don't, I'm I'm going to use the the Reddit thing here, so please, no one thing. But did this become or after the the iCloud fat? Oh, I don't hack? know. Um, when's the the fat? It's after, isn't it? Because it, wasn't it 2016? I um, think it was after. Yeah, this was after. Oh, which is very interesting to note as well. I just think, uh, look, I'm going to say my piece on it. I'm going to let you go finish. I'm going to say my piece on it. I think. Every when this film came out, everybody has come away from this in a, in a good in in a, in, a, in good measures. Anyone who saw it was impressed by it. I think we can all safely assume that. Although I can imagine fucking a Republican might not find this <laughs> as intrig- interesting as a fucking fifteen-year-old kid. I, I can understand that. But I think Levinson's done very well. The main performances performers in that have done very, relatively well. Neon have done very well. Everyone comes away from this in a very 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 good uh, standing. 
it didn't destroy anyone's career. It wasn't all that controversial what we see now. I think Joker is an interesting parallel to have to this because there's one film that talks about consequence of action and another one is just making, make, making action without any consequence. And I think those two films, eerily enough, in this culture now, um, talk very much about incel culture. And I think that, that word is like, People are not dealing with that. I don't whatsoever. think it talks about think... incel culture. The incel culture is just there, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, but it doesn't be. It like, it's more it interested in just how it. I mean, it's part of the stew. It's like it's definitely yeah. there, but it's not the focus. But yeah. I don't think there's one thing you could say is the focus. I mean, there's one. There's one scene that kind of just just talks about this. Is that like, a when, dig when at the film she, or um, Phillips Carlson? No, when 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 Lily uh, walks, well, she <laughs> when she gets thrown out of the house by by her mum, right? And then she walks down the street and some people just recognize her and then just try cat collar and then um, and they start chasing her down. That this is this is where this kind of just, you know, has the most important thing to say about insult culture, as in the sort of frustration of these people who are who think that if, if she's fucking everyone, why can't she do this to me? Why am I worse? Mm-hmm. Like, and the, yeah, so so they just start chasing her down and then what happens happens. But other than that, it's just a, again. It's to me like a Renaissance fresco of just painted across a wall um, with so many things just there. On, and then you can focus on bi- different parts of the painting, and then just there, there are many stories in there, and it just all adds up to this massive, uh, you know, perspective on how 2018 was as a as described by the neon guy as a dumpster fire of a year. Little did he know, um, but but yeah, to to me this is kind of now like I'm yeah I'm I'm, I'm on the verge of giving it five stars really. Give it, it come on. I think yeah. right. I'm also on the verge. This is one of those conversations where it's like yeah, yeah maybe it is. No no when I was when I was sitting down to to have this conversation with you guys I think I was thinking like maybe four four and a half was in my head right. But now, the more you talk about this, the more this is why this film has to be talked about. This has to be disseminated. This has to be argued against, about, right? Because there's so many things to kind of bring to the table, and then you can realize that as you're having this conversation, that this little guy Sam Levinson's making you have this conversation, which basically mean, makes me want to say high five, Sam. You fucking get good job, Sam. Do you hear this, Sam Levinson? Okay. Well done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our boy Sam. Yeah, I will say, forget about. I'm going to contradict myself. Forget about the Netflix thing. I do actually come to a realization: if this would have come out, I mean, you're talking about this is this is Halloween, isn't it? This is 2018 Halloween, isn't it? Yes. Or maybe a year before. Well, 2018, I think it was November or some somewhere like that. I think it was September, October, right before. Yeah, this was this was during the Salem, wasn't it? It was September. Halloween is the year. Halloween is um is the year after because I was in Seattle. So this oh, is no, Halloween. Halloween oh, you mean like the no, movie no, Halloween? Got it. Yeah, that yeah. was twenty eighteen. I think if it rides that coattails of Blumhouse and Blumhouse sold this, I think this would have made fucking thousands. Uh, uh, like uh, when I say that screens, I think this would have been multiple yeah. um, cinema screens across the country rather than it being a very limited showing. I think the one thing is I, I, I do I really like Neon. Neon do a fucking great job. But I think this is a film that was probably a bit too early for them to sort of be like, look, we've got this. I think Blumhouse would have done an equally as impressive job here. Oh, yeah. Um, with, with, however, I think when you go to Blumhouse, my, my 
sort of story about glass is that people go to those films not wanting to sort of relate to those issues. They want to just see violence in like a very subdued and cinematic manner. So it's a double-edged sword for everybody, I suppose. I mean, that's fine, but that, that's comes, that comes down to, to marketing, right? Like that comes down to like finding these audiences. But, and then again, it's difficult to market this because on the, on the surface, it looks like, a, like an Adam Wingard um, satire with lots of fake blood. And there's quite a lot of it too, but um, but it's it's uh, you can see that this is just artifice. And then when you start seeing like I I, I haven't I can understand the sort of pers- you know perspective of someone who will come to the cinema escape expecting escapism, and it will be like I, I haven't I didn't come here to be lectured. Fuck off! Like what are you, what are you doing? Like what are you doing, Sam? Like why are you you know I don't I don't want this. Like this is hard. Like it makes me makes me reflect. Like why are you no I don't want to look in the mirror. Go away. Like this is you know. It, I, I can understand that this is this is going to be, going to be hard, which basically means to me that the place of this film now is on 4K Blu-ray and normal blu- normal Blu-ray w- with a great label behind it, like Arrow, like I don't know, um, maybe Criterion could probably fucking do it. I, do, I thought um, oh. don't um, William Goldwyn own it. Uh, I don't know. If I remember, I, I remember it, it, it was like in, it's in Target and Walmart, Mal, Walmart, Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, that fucking place is despicable. Go shop at Target. Come on. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so okay, because um, well, we can because we can talk about this for hours, and I think we need, yeah. we, we need to kind of slowly <laughs> bring this to a close. Yeah. Uh, we have we have talked for 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 quite a while. So anyway, uh, so I, I think you, you can kind of have a, have an idea of where we're going with this. But just to kind of just bring this to a close is let me let me throw throw this to to you. Is is assassination assassination nation um, a cult classic? That's lacking a cult, um, um, you know, a diamond in the rough or something, you know, a, a forgotten masterwork that needs to be re- reappraised and brought to the audiences because it's 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 telling something of value and of merit to society at large and to cinema and to to art, or is it a piece of crap? Carson, I'm, I'm going to have to go first here. Uh, yeah. As I stated in my opening conversation, my opening statement, shall I say? Um, this is a genre-defining film, uh, uh, one of the most important, imperative, influential films of its generation that has yet to be to be truly, truly uh, seeked out and uh, analysed. I think we're going to look back on this in ten years, twenty years. I have no shadow of a doubt to to stand behind those those comments. Truly, I think what has been crafted here is an is is dare I say an often nuanced piece of cinema that has so much gravitas with it that's got so much violence but has uh, ramifications that are dealt with discussed honestly openly i think its casting is on point i think its sound design is ecstatic i think its general production design is is, is off the charts good i think it's lighting throughout is quite astonishing to, to consider uh, how the film is is, is produced um, love the camera work love the direction there's very little here that i could probably even go towards it on a cinematic level of of finding any insecurities or any issues about it. My only hope is that those 10 years, we don't have to look at this film and look at it and be like, wow, you know, we never really got past this point. Hopefully in 10 years, we'll look back on this and think, thank fuck we never got back to that. Depends on what's how, how the social texture changes. We can either look on it in a positive or look at a, a, a negative. I'll stand by this. Spike Lee should not have to make The Five Bloods. He should not have to make Black Klansman. 
but he does because the society and culture is not changing. It's not evolving with the times. And, and those filmmakers, activist filmmakers, you, if you will, if you play on those words, are having to make these films to reinforce these messages. Hopefully we won't have to, have to talk about assassination again or have to talk about a film that's influenced from it. God forbid, but if not, I think there's a lot to learn from this film, a hell of a lot. And uh, I generally think this is, this is one of the, those films, like American Animals, that needs um, not only a second uh, viewing, but I think it needs to be analysed to the... To the to the degree it deserves, which is a probably would probably say it's a masterpiece in its own right. Dare I say? Yeah, I mean, I guess I can jump in quickly. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, it's fantastic. It is a classic. I don't think it needs to be appraised. It just needs seen because everyone who saw this like loved it and adored it. Um, I just think people need to go out of their way and actually watch this thing, and not to like you know cheap plug it. I'm genuinely really excited for our uh, Clappercast episode of Malcolm and Marie because I think as a follow up, especially to, like Assassination Nation, that is quite a shocking follow up and not necessarily for great reasons. Um, not to say the film is bad at all, but I, I'm genuinely quite excited for that. So I, I mean, check that out when it comes out. But I mean, first just watch Assassination Nation because it's fucking great. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, don't want to give you know tune into to that episode of Clappercast, you know, whenever whenever you can. But anyway, um, I have I think we have a consensus. This is like, I, as I said, like the more I think about this, the more the more in awe I am of this of this film. And I I did not like it that that much when I originally saw it, and now I am almost in love with this, especially after this conversation where where it just illuminates how much you can, how far and how deep you can dig into in in into the sort of thematic fabric of this and it just shows you how rich this is how beautifully constructed how colorful and jazzy and stylized and heightened everything is and it's just i don't want to say it's too smart for its own good it it is a it is a bit of a smart ass film but it is a smart ass film the way i'm gonna say it again fight club is a smart ass film as in it and it kind of carries this DNA just taken from like Fight Club and even like with, uh, the toolbox is taken from like the Palmer and Scorsese and Paul Thomas Anderson. So Levinson actually like he has I think his toolbox in the right place and his heart in the right place as a filmmaker I think, which is a great thing to to have. And then he in the film he's made is kind of just adding to the lineage of the sort of societally sort of um, uh, societally sort of um, uh, encapsulating films that just for one reason or another uh, will always be there as the little snapshot of how life was like or how what the uh, emotions were like at the given point in time which to me this means this film actually fulfills the sort of criteria of, of being you know for lack of a better word an uncut gem stone to stone garnet to stone you know that that's a million dollar opal you hold, straight from the Ethiopian Jewish tribe. I mean, this is old school. Uh, okay, anyway, <laughs> let's, bring this, let's bring the show to a close. So I think uh, we've rambled for, uh, I don't know, I don't know, almost two hours about this. Maybe we'll cut down to like an hour and We go for three? And, like, we could go for it. I think so we could. Much longer. Anyway, <laughs> anyway <laughs> so, yeah, so let's bring this to a close. So um, I think we've established that Assassination Nation is well worth watching. So, um uh and then that's it for 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 this week's episode of uncut gems podcast so um uh where can i where can we find you all on social media and and and, and everywhere else uh you can find me on twitter at bp underscore movie reviews or just on letterbox carson tamar 
you can find me on uh, Letterbox, although I don't post that much at the moment, and on Twitter, which I also don't post that much to month with my uh, username at Jack Luke Sharp. That's uh, Jack without a C and shout out any for my uh, hot takes and bullshit. Well, and you can find me uh, at Talk About Film, and then you can find me at, on Letterbox at Jakob Flash. Um, which is S Z by the end, so by the way, so it's it's a bit weird. Anyway, you have to get used to it. Um, and well, you can find all our stuff on Clapper, ClapperLTD.co.uk, and other places. I think, uh, or in Filmotomy, I think you can find Carson's work in other places. Yeah. You can find my stuff as well on FlashOnFilm.com. Um, and you can also please follow, rate, subscribe, and do whatever. Ring the bell, thumbs up, whatever. Do do what you have to do for the show. Follow at Uncut Gems Pod on Twitter. You can send us email at uh, uncutjamespod at gmail.com. And um, you can you know, listen to, to the show at, on Anchor and uh, on Google Podcasts and uh, Spotify and hopefully on Apple Podcasts. Hello. Um, and then, you know, so we'll see you, see you next week, hopefully, because, you know, yes, we are changing the schedule to, to, a, weekly, uh, to a weekly basis. And then hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll see you next week when we will be talking about uh, some second parts Convoy, which is a film that's kind of slightly forgotten about. I haven't seen it, by the way, but anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing it. So the conversation's going to be wild. Um, in any case, with that in mind, um, you guys have a great day, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.